Welcome to Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who want to live and lead their lives differently and explore topics relevant to all areas of their life. Hi, Life Reframers, and welcome to this week's episode. Today, we're going to talk about five proven ways to achieve your goals. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Joanne. How are you today? I'm really great today. I have a question. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Sandy, how often have you said that you want to achieve something and you fail to achieve your goal? Today or in my life? (laughs) Over your short lifetime. (laughs) Well, I would say that I often have good intentions when it comes to (laughs) what I think I'm going to accomplish in my life. And I don't always achieve everything I think I can or want to. Guess what? I don't think you're alone, Sandy. I am sure many of our listeners are having a little smile and a chuckle to themselves right now as they think about how often they've said they want to achieve something. I think sometimes we're very good at asserting things, aren't we? I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, or I'm going to set out to achieve this. And yes, we fail to achieve our goal or we have a lot of learnings along our way and we adapt our goal. But I'm wondering how often we really sit down and work out what what happened that kept us from reaching our goal. So that's what we're going to talk about today in a nutshell. Uh, first, let's talk about what a goal is because as people talk about goals and objectives and, and then strategies to achieve that and outcomes. So a goal is it's an observable and measurable result of having one or more objectives to be achieved. So so some things that you want to achieve and it is observable and measurable. And I think that's really important, Sandy, mm-hmm. because often people don't even know when they've achieved their goal. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some things we've learned along the way that will help us achieve our goals in life. And it's not easy. It's not like once we know them, we're all set. We have, it's a continual learning process. (laughs) It's true. And you know, along with that observable and measurable definition of a goal, and the time frame is really important because I realize that is one of my big issues with goals is I don't always have a realistic time frame attached to it. So I think that's important to remember too as we get into it, but just the whole idea of time frame. Yeah, so the smart goals, we can throw that in now. And and people often have trouble identifying smart goals. S M A R T. Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and have a time frame. And that's really important and the more you can get your goals to be as smart as possible, the more you can then start to set out that plan to achieve them. Yeah. Good point. So have you had a goal that you've been working on over the past while, Sandy, or can you recall a time when you were working on a goal and what you did? Oh, definitely. So one of my um, goals this year was to create some online learning experiences for women. So mo- as you know, most of the work I've done has been more corporate in the past or, or actually – physical, I don't know a better way to say it, but with groups like in person Mm -hmm. workshops, training events, retreats. And so I've wanted to do some online learning. And I set that up as a goal, probably six months ago that I would actually um, offer some online learning experiences for women. And I think I'm finally starting to make progress. But it's been 
it's been a challenge for me to achieve that goal, a far more difficult than I thought it was going to be. I can hear your coaching hat going on your yeah, head right I know. now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I want to unpack this. <laughs> I just like, I just heard it. <laughs> yeah. So, what held you back? <laughs> What got in the way originally? I know you're, you're partway through, you said you've made some progress. Think back to December. Mm-hmm. Is that okay if we go here? Like, think sure. Back to December. Yeah. And I know you, you wanted to, to do an online learning, um, you know, develop a new online learning offering. Do you remember the time frame you put on that? I think I or wanted to, uh, I think originally I thought I'd have it by February or March. I'd yeah. have something. I don't know if I specifically set a date, but I know my intention was like during the winter that I would be sitting in my office, looking at the snow blowing, <laughs> doing online <laughs> courses. So happy I wasn't commuting. <laughs> This is it. This is it. It's amazing how we think we can achieve so much. I don't know. I, I do that. Or I just do that daily. I mean, you think about little goals that you make for the day or for the week. You, yeah. We think we can achieve so much. And, but part of that process, Sandy, is you don't know what you don't know. So were there some barriers getting in the way mm-hmm. of you achieving that goal? Right. And so, you know, right off the bat, I think that's one of the things when we are setting goals that we need to be cognizant of is identifying some of the barriers. So, yeah. um, so for me, I realized that the biggest barrier in creating the online learning was I did not have a process or a system of how to do that. I'd never done it before. And as I got into it, it was, oh, I need content. Oh, I need to promote it. Oh, I need to find a webinar platform for it. Oh, I, there were so many pieces that I, and I, would sort of get stuck in focusing on one, you know, so, mm-hmm. and, um, so I had to really step back and, and ask myself, so what is the problem here? And I ended up creating a whole process, which is really not my personality or how yeah. I normally work, <laughs> but I needed to kind of do a big project plan yes. <clears throat> for it and start working the plan because I, like the creative side of, of mm-hmm. the content development. So once I did that, now I've been very focused on working my plan. So that was a barrier for me. Yeah, you can get overwhelmed by all the information. So that's a good learning. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it may have taken some time, but you got there in the end and learned, okay, I, I need, I need to break this down. Yeah, I need to break this down, that it might be overwhelming when I think of it as a big thing, but if I break it down, so, and I'm sure that was uh, something you, you didn't necessarily like to do, but how has it helped you? Right, it's been very helpful, and now mm-hmm. I, I just, um, I also know that the next time I do this, I have that process, so I can follow awesome. it, so it's not mm-hmm. something I have to create every time. So how about you? Is there a goal? I don't want to just be about me here. Let's, you know. <laughs> oh, I was having fun. Fair play. <laughs> how about you? Is there a goal that you wanted to achieve recently that you've I, been struggling to achieve? I achieve, I achieve everything. You do. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, you know what? I, like you, have wanted to develop some different packages for my business. I'm in that stage of, <laughs> okay. I mean, it's not like I've got all the time in the world I'm sitting around not doing anything. I've still got other things going on. But the times I do have that I could be working on achieving my goal, I'm finding, I'm very good at finding other things to do. So I'm actually just working through that now. I'm actually kind of right in the, okay, identify my barrier. Like, what is my issue here? And do you have any idea what it is? Have you identified it? Well, I have to say, I'm, I'm kind of watching you with inspiration. You know? like, <laughs> like, you're out there doing it. There's so many things you could do, and I get stuck with the overwhelm of information. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the barriers. Another one is stepping into that bit of vulnerability, developing something, putting myself out there, putting my name on something. It's another piece of vulnerability piece. So I'm just, I haven't worked through it yet, but I'm wondering, did you come across that at all? Exactly. It, it, definitely that was a barrier for me. And I've, I think I've overcome it because now I've put it on my website. I've, you know, put it a bunch of different places. I've been letting people know and I've started promoting it. So now that is done. But I think there is that initial barrier and for sure. So can you recall? So I, I did go through this um, a few years ago when I, I offered my very first open course when I kind of went into this work. And I was so scared, Sandy. I was so scared. And I sent an email to my friends and I sent an email to my network. I'm offering this course. And... I had a number of what I wanted and, and I didn't reach that number, but the people who came, I thought, okay, I'm going to, it's going to be an awesome, and they loved it. And actually since then, one of them has become a client and I've gone into their organization. So of course, these things are valuable and mm -hmm. worth it for whoever shows up, you know, don't place value on who to, how many people turn up. If yeah. you've gone through it recently, how did you get over that? Like when you first put it on your website, how many how many weeks were you procrastinating about that? And how did you just kind of like, I'm just doing it? Well, to use our reframing language, one of the things I did was I reframed what would make it successful for me. Instead of attaching, if I have 80 people sign up for this webinar, it will be successful. I decided that running this webinar is my success marker. So if I do all of the work, if I figure out the process, if I manage to get it all done and run the webinar, then that's been the success for me. The yeah. second time I would probably change that. I would feel differently about it. But just to break through the barrier of the fear and of I'm not having a ton of people sign up, I think it's important to just adjust the success measurement there. So I, I it's probably similar if you were going to do a, a marathon. You know, your first one, it's probably realistic to say, if I finish this thing, then that was successful. Maybe your 10th marathon, you might be saying, okay, I'd like to get a better time or, mm -hmm. you know, you can put something else in place. So mm -hmm. I think just having that. Yeah is has been helpful for me. So I, it's already a success for me in many ways because I'm doing it. Yeah. And I remember we had a little conversation. People know we talk, so I'm not breaking any confidentiality <laughs> here. <laughs> 
And I remember asking you, and I just remember asking you the question because you're heading off on holiday soon. Before you get on the plane, what will have you feeling happy as you step on that plane, like in terms of what you have achieved between now and then? Right. We can get in the trap of making our success markers, like you said, which I love, about other people. Mm-hmm. However many people sign up, no, make it about you. So, yeah, instead of having it about other people, which you can't control, it was about you. I think, Sandy, this is the hardest part for people. And this is often where a good question could help, right? Mm -hmm. A good coaching session or a good question can help. Yeah. It's like writing a book. Like, what if no one buys it? Well, you can't, you can't control that. You just, that's right. You know, so yeah, I think Mm. just, you're right. So I think the first thing about identifying barriers, once we really do that, I think that's, that's hard work because we're getting outside our comfort zone. If we're setting goals that are smart and are going to push us we're getting outside our comfort zone and so there's always going to be barriers and and they they could be actual systems and processes or they could be just mindsets and and fears that we have Uh so yeah uh, i really like what you said there about um making sure there are things that we can control as our measurements. So uh, I think that was a big thing for me. So the next thing that I think when we're um, achieving our goals, something that is really important is to be realistic. Mm-hmm. And this one I'm giving you credit for is this question that I have been loving lately and it's <laughs> how committed are you mm. and I think sometimes we set goals and we're not realistic about how committed we are to them so we can be over we can also be overly optimistic like about how much we can do in a day but I think mm-hmm. at the root of being realistic sometimes is do I really even want this yeah like, right yes yes yeah do I want this or do I think I need to do this because I have to show up in a certain way or whatever. Yeah. 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 So you can probably think about something that you've committed to. And oh, you and I were talking recently about networking events. Oh, yeah. You know, and so they're not really goals, but maybe they are. They could be goals for growing your business. People listening mm-hmm. might say, you know, I'm going to you know, go and meet people or for whatever reason to help me achieve a goal. But sometimes we don't really want to do it. You know, we're not really being realistic. Like it's just, we think we should do it. And so we, um, we say we're going to do it and then we don't do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think your question about, are you really committed or, you know, what look at your level of commitment comes under being realistic life happens. So then it's put it in perspective. And I think the word balance comes in here too, Sandy. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think sometimes we just, you, you have to recommit to goals along mm-hmm. the way, you know, like you start out committed to them and you, you hit a plateau, you know, yes. and, it's, and you feel comfortable with where you are. And so you just sit there for a while and it's like, you need to, to revisit it. Like you did this week with your goal, you know, it, mm-hmm. it was, um, You've done a lot of work and, and you have reached a certain threshold. And now to go even further, it takes a lot more energy. 
Mm. and focus. So it's recommitting to that last push. And sometimes I think that's um, something we don't anticipate. We think once we've made our commitment, we will just follow through with it. Yeah, it's like peeling the layers of the onion away. You know, the goal is at the center. Being aware of your energy levels and stress levels and seasons that are going to be busy and, you know, things take longer mm. and life happens and we need to, um, I always say that, you know, is mercury in retrograde? Not that I'm sure if I think that makes a difference or not, but <laughs> some for some mm. people it's uh, just a sign to realize that sometimes, you know, we're hormonal, we're whatever. You know, mm -hmm. it's, yeah. there's different things. So, yeah. So you, you were mentioning having routines in place. Mm. And for me, that's the, the third one really about, um, making sure that you can achieve your goals is having supportive routines. So actually there's two things, rituals and routines that I want to talk about. But, mm. um, before we get into routines, I thought we could talk a little bit about the difference between them. So for me, a routine is something that is really habitual and we don't have to think about it, you know, mm -hmm. so I have breakfast every morning. It's a routine. Mm -hmm. A ritual, on the other hand, is more of a meaningful practice. So a ritual around breakfast might be stopping before I eat, focusing my attention on my food, taking a deep breath, being thankful, grateful for my food or for the day, but, you know, just kind of it's more of a, a something that's more intentional and more of um, a practice, if that makes sense. I want to talk about both of them because I think they're um, two things that are important for supporting our achievement of goals. So the first one is developing supportive routines. So you already mentioned it. So mm. what kind of routines do you have or do you put in place to help you achieve, you know, a, some of your goals or maybe you can think of one goal? Yeah, so I, I do, I'm a planner. So I plan my time out and I plan my day. Uh, I obviously, uh, you know, one of my values is around healthy living. So I'm routinely get up at five o'clock in the morning and exercise. Uh, and yeah, okay. Out of a, out of a month, there might be a day or two, you know, where I, have a bit of a sleep in, but that's just kind of like a, it's a given. Like you said, you're going to have mm -hmm. breakfast. Well, we're going to be up early. I was talking to a neighbor <laughs> and I said to them, I think our garage door has gotten louder. So <laughs> we're going to check that. And I said, I, I feel bad if we're opening it at like 20 past five in the morning. They're like, that's okay. It's my wake up call. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> actually said if I hear the garage door open and I'm awake I'm like yes I've beaten Joanne up <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that is I go through I think it's a routine um Sunday afternoon I actually got this from you or Sunday evening I plan the following week uh so I make sure I schedule the exercise I want to do uh Whatever's on my action list, I block time in my calendar so that I can do them. There's still sometimes a bit of a disconnect on what's in my calendar, what gets done. But <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I, well, the same. I've been working, um, this year on 
evening routines, which I'm really good with my morning routine, but mm. I, I've noticed that I don't always have a, um, set my morning up well. And the more I can do that in the evening, the better my day starts. So, you know, just simple things like leaving what I'm wearing out. If I'm, if, you know, I'm doing a training session and I'm out of the house at 6 a.m., I, I'll leave everything set up, like, mm-hmm. you know, so I can get sorted. And then, you know, at a certain time, shutting off electronics so I don't have, you know, my iPad or all those things mm-hmm. on. And I take half an hour to just read in the evening something that's, um, more fiction, like less, about work or life, but just something that's a bit more of an escape and um, maybe journal or something in the evening before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. So I've been working really hard on trying to have good evening routines, which is a little bit different for me, but I'm finding it really helpful. So if I want to be out the door walking in the morning, I leave everything ready. So I just have to get up and put on my exercise clothes and and walk. So I think that's oh, important. Yeah. Yeah, that's something um, both Ashley and I do. Well, the other thing I guess that fits in there for me is preparing my meals. Um, that's definitely a routine um, mm-hmm. because if I am out all day, like I am out at 5.30 and then I'm off to meeting, like I'm not coming back. So definitely meal prep. And I call it meal prep because I'm often preparing breakfast, <laughs> lunch, <laughs> and my snacks at the same time. So, uh, and I have them, you know, routines are really helpful because they, they just take away the, the thought of having to think about it or make a decision, you know, because I'm, you're doing it in a more mindful, intentional way. I'm like, okay, what do I want to eat tomorrow? Okay, this is what I set. I'll cook it all, prepare it all, put it in the fridge in the little containers, and then that's it. It's ready to go. Yeah, they're they're supporting the commitment, right? Yeah, that's what I find. So if I if I don't leave stuff out in the morning, it's harder to get out of bed because then I have to face that. You know, then I have to think, ah, I got to get up and you know get out my stuff and you know try to be quiet so I don't wake up Brian and yeah. yeah, so it's just supports the commitment to, to it. So yeah, I think we're both pretty good with routines. I think we both like them and, um, see the value in them as well. So I wanted to talk about rituals as well. So, um, <laughs> rituals are, well, I, I read somewhere that rituals are Routines are focused on completing a task and rituals are focused on how we perform the task. So, um, I, I know that rituals can be very effective in helping us, I think, breaking out of our comfort zone or helping us do something that is, um, a change, like, like supporting changes in our life. So, you know, quitting smoking, exercising, if we can have a ritual around it, it really helps. So one of the things that I do sometimes is I light a candle on my desk when I really want to focus on my work. It's just like a little ritual I do. And especially if I'm writing content and I don't want to get distracted, I have this little ritual that I'll light a candle. And I don't know why doing that is like it somehow triggers something in my mind that now you're in a different headspace. Like now you're serious. You've lit this candle. <laughs> Perform this little you're ritual. <laughs> I know it's that kind of weird, but it does. Like it's just this kind of little 
ritual thing I do. Mm. And um, I don't know. Do you, do you do have anything else like with that? Can we stick with that ritual for a moment? Um, the one I'm really embarrassed about sharing? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Thank you for sharing it. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm curious if that really helps you focus. Like, um, I mean, obviously it does. Uh, but for me, um, I don't know. I don't really know if I have any rituals. So I'm curious about this section for sure. Um, but I'm wondering, do you put your phone on silent? Do you turn it upside down so you can't see it? Do you close down your mail? Like, it, yes, it, I do put my phone on silent. Right, right. And I think the thing with lighting a candle is then you, you blow it out yeah. at the end. Right? Ah, so it's like, okay, I'm going to write for an hour, two hours, and then I blow out the candle. It's like, okay, yeah. you've done that now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I know, yeah. but, you know, like you're into yoga. I've never done yoga, okay? So I'm embarrassed about this as well. So I'm probably like the only woman in <laughs> North America. I do like yoga wear, though. <laughs> <laughs> I have been known to shop at Lululemon, so I'm not opposed to it. I just um, have never done it. But I think that there's a lot of ritual in in yoga practices or not. Well, there is Sandy, but you know, you know how that's on my list of things that I want to do, but it's I, I, I still uh, am not practicing it. It's not routine. I'm not routinely practicing it. Okay. So yes, there's definitely, uh, and I'm not a, a a fully qualified yoga instructor, and I have a lot of friends who are who'd be able to speak about a lot of the different rituals there. I used to teach a kind of a blended program, but absolutely, the ending was always uh, a, a bit of meditation. So I guess we could call breathing as part of that ritual throughout the, you know, mm -hmm. a, a part of the. I don't, it's if it's about mindfulness, part of the ritual throughout is being mindful of your breath. And exhaling every time you're trying to get extension in the muscle and, and, and in the exercise that you're doing. So, uh, but at the end, it's, it's a bit of a meditation. And so I used to, yeah, calm my voice and help people try and relax the body through that process. Um, and then get everyone up seated, put their hands together and uh, thank them for coming and, and nam namaste at the end. So it does have a lot of rituals, uh, but now I'm feeling uncomfortable because I finally did yoga yesterday and it's been a good few months since I've done it. Wow. And it's one of those ones, this, this, this episode would be good for me. Like it's one of those ones I always, I want to because I know it's good for me, but it's always the last thing on my list. Have you ever tried yoga, Sandy? No. Like that really surprises me because you are very, like thought, like thoughtful. You love reading. You love the. Well, I don't know if you like meditation per se, but oh, I like do, I do. Time. Yeah, yeah. Like reflecting, and I like yeah. the, all of those kinds yeah. of things. You know, when you go walking, I know that's part of your kind of reflective practice. Yeah, and, um, I so. think I'd like it. And I just went to a uh, osteopath this week, and his um, his. Practice was in a studio near me that looks beautiful. And I thought, oh, I should drop in here. They have a gentle, a gentle movement oh, class. And I thought yeah. I should come and do this class. And, yeah. um, actually was going to go last night. It's funny. Eh? We both had that day yesterday, <laughs> but it was such a miserable night. Yeah. I was just like, no, 
I'm not going. I'm going to stay home and have a glass of wine. That'll be my, yeah. that'll be my yoga. <laughs> <laughs> my one arm yoga. You know, um, And so as I was doing it yesterday, I'm like, this feels so good, Joanne. Like, bring more of this into your life, you know. So, so yeah, okay, there you go. So both of us can think a little bit more about that. And I'm just wondering, Sandy, about whether I have any other rituals. Yeah, well, TV, that definitely is my if I can call it a ritual, but I guess we're not judging whether it's positive or negative here. No, I think but you can. is it helping me achieve my goal is the question because that's what we're talking about. Right. So establishing some rituals that will help me achieve my goal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So. I like that. You know, one of the rituals I have is walking a labyrinth and I try to do that about three times a year. Just that the, I do it, try to do it at the beginning of the year and at the change of seasons and it's a very kind of a ritual walk, you know, walking a labyrinth and I love it. So that's another one I have, but I'm just exploring this idea of rituals as well. So if our listeners uh, have any other comments or thoughts, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Before we move on to the fifth area that I wanted to talk about, I have a great quote and it says, the structure of routine comforts us and the specialness of ritual vitalizes us. So I think that's a great way to think about routines and rituals. One is a comfort and one is something that revitalizes us. So the fifth thing that we want to talk about with helping people to achieve their goals is not anything that will be new to our listeners. And it's having strong, nurturing relationships. So people who support you, who cheer you on and who holds you accountable. And we have a whole episode on that. So we don't have to spend a ton of time on it. And we can put a link to that episode in our show notes for people. Yeah, relationships are key. And Daniel Goldman, who we both follow and and love his writings, he says, we've seen many instances in which relationships can offer not just the hope of change, but also the confidence to embrace that hope. Yeah. Such a good quote. We've had some feedback about our podcast, about our dynamic and, and, and how we interact with each other. And I think people um, hear and feel that relationship between you and I. And a lot of our examples are of, of helping each other get through our goals. Um, so relationships are key for sure. Yeah, definitely. And just sometimes just having somebody who you can – articulate your goal, you know, like just sometimes just sharing your goal with someone is just the um, a, important part in being successful in it. And, um, you know, just having those safe relationships too, where you can be honest and say, I really not doing it. You know, I said I wanted to and I'm not mm. doing it and having um, someone to ask you some questions and help you sort it through, which is what mm-hmm. we really try to do in our podcast is for each other and for our listeners is be that place where we can talk about an issue and talk about how we are working that through in our own lives and what's working and what's not working. Mm. I think we get different value from writing things down, which is why journaling is very good and also from saying it. And mm-hmm. I remember on your goal, because I mean, you started talking about it, I remember when you said it to me, you said, oh, wow, it feels 
more real when you you know say it and and obviously it does when you I'm not comparing one to the other but when you said it you were like oh okay <laughs> I have to get more you know we have to get comfortable saying what our goals are yeah it's kind of that 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 first check in point I think and they can just help you and I think I reached out to you the other day about another goal hey how are you going with that goal and and that's when you said you know what I'm re- I'm revisiting that goal and that's okay yes that's where, you know, if you've got some trusted relationships in, in life who can support you or that's where coaches come in mm-hmm. and trainers or specialists in that field of what you're trying that's related to your goal. Um, exactly. It's, uh, yeah, it's very important to have those trusted relationships. Yeah. So I was thinking about goals and how we were going to talk about that today and revisit it. And one of the things I was thinking about with relationships, the sort of a challenge that I've had, and I'm sure you have too, is when people share a goal with you and then they almost put that responsibility on you to make them accomplish their goal. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about that because I know I've done it too. And the the power in I think sharing a goal with someone is it's like an intention it's like saying I'm committed to this and I'm I'm sharing it with you mm-hmm. I'm not offloading it onto you so you can nag me or parent me <laughs> to achieve my goal I don't know have you had ever had that happen to you well it's funny you say that because yesterday I was I had uh a first session with a potential client. So we kind of get together because there's got to, there's got to be a fit between coach and client. We got together and um, I spoke to them about this exact thing. I said, you have to want to achieve your goals more than me. And if I ever feel in our relationship that I um, am feeling more committed to it and you're not doing the work, then that's when I fire clients. <laughs> <laughs> good for you I don't waste your time and money right I don't right i mean i don't fire them just straight off you know we we have the conversation around that you know and i have said to a client i'm feeling like uh you know i'm investing more time and energy into into supporting you to do this than you are doing to achieve this goal yourself so uh so yeah absolutely it's kind of like it 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 you can't just say it and not do the work. Exactly. So life reframers, don't put your friends and your coaches in that place where you have a goal and then you ask them to make sure you get it done. <laughs> yeah. And we've spoken about accountability uh, often and we've spoken about having an accountability partner. And I know you did, uh, you wrote a blog post a while ago uh, uh, on your own side about, you know, other people can't hold you accountable. And I totally get where you're coming from in that. It's, um, it has to come again from your own internal commitment. If you are so fundamentally committed, you will do it. You will do it. When I do find it helpful though to have an accountability partner to do exactly what you said, it, it sets my intention and it puts me out. It, it, it kind of, puts me out there of this is what I want to achieve and I feel happy telling someone. And, yes, they can't hold me accountable, but they can help me through that process, have check-ins and stuff. Right. So I'm going to give an example here. 
So you and our listeners know we had Courtney Carver on recently and we were talking about Project 333 and you and I both committed to going three months without buying any clothes. And recently I, you were asking me, checking in on how that was going and I mentioned that I'd bought some shoes. Do you remember (laughs) this? And you really challenged me on that, and and I kind of and I kind of blew you off, like, "Well, my foot's been really bothering me, and I needed to buy these shoes because they were good for my foot, <laughs> and they were. All of that was true. Yeah, I took them back. Oh, did you? Really? Yeah, I did. Okay. Because okay, can we share the rest? Because you already had a pair of those shoes, and so you had inside. And so I said, "But you already got a pair. Why do you need another one?" And, and and one was inside, and one was outside. And I get, like, I get that. I have inside shoes that I wear too, like slippers. Or in the summer, I have a pair of inside flip flops, and I have my outside flip flops. So I was like, "Okay, okay, I can, I can let that one by." <laughs> yeah, it was total BS. Like it was like. <laughs> No, it was, I mean, it was true. I do have plantar fasciitis and they're, they're Birkenstocks and I, I do wear a pair in the house and I don't like wearing them around outside and then tracking them around the house, but I didn't need another pair right now. Like I could wait three months for them. I have other shoes. So I, yeah, yeah, I just, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, I'm taking them back. They, that was, um, it was shopping. It was Mm -hmm. like what we committed to. And I, if I really need them in, july i can go get them but you know it's right it's yes um, yes that's right because we committed to it for three months which is at the end of june yeah absolutely which by then it'll be summer and the whole challenge here was to kind of teach us about how we spend money on clothes so i thought there you go so what can i learn from that that's really hard to go three months But again, we can make, we self-sabotage. We make these excuses. Oh, yeah. I need, and not just you. Like I did it too with my own goal this week. You know, um, we, yeah, we talk ourselves into making these excuses. So having that relationship, and I can't, like I said, yeah, that's a great example, Sandy. I can't hold you accountable, but I can ask you questions. Because you didn't tell me you were going to take them back. I was like, okay. And then you've obviously reflected on it. Yeah, I realized I was very defensive about it. And I thought, why did I feel so defensive? And I thought, because I didn't really need them. And it was, um, you know, it kind of broke the commitment that I made and I wanted to honor it. And so they're, they're gone. They're back. So. Well, thank you for sharing that with me because, uh, I just have these conversations and then I guess, and then I forget about them. No, it's good. It's good to, that's the value of relationships, right? Yeah, people just yeah. check in and say, so how's that going? Yeah. And I, it's, it wasn't like you were forcing me to do it. You just asked yeah. me and then let me sit with it. And then I made my own decisions. So yeah. I set an intention to break down my activities over the next three weeks and have a little mini goal for each of those activities. So good for you. I would love it if you could check in with me. Just I will. Like, yeah, check in with me because I've got uh, an activity a week so I can space it out and if something happens, I can revisit my commitment for the next one or my, my goal for the next one. So yeah, Good for awesome. You. Okay. Good. All right. So I think we can wrap up this episode. I wanted to share with our listeners that I have a webinar coming up. So oh, yeah, <laughs> I think course. we've talked a little bit about my online learning, but 
I am actually doing a webinar at the end of May and I'll, I'll put it on our, sh- in our show notes and on our Instagram feed. Well, share the date, Sandy. Yeah. Is it the 30th? Yeah, it's May 30th and so yeah. it's 90 minutes and I, I developed it all around um, helping you achieve your goals. So we're going to look at some routines and rituals and some specific barriers that people have when it comes to achieving their goals. And I've got some tools and some ways to help you achieve your goals. So if cool. you resonated with what we said at the beginning of this podcast, that you have set, said you wanted to achieve a goal and you just can't get traction with it and you're not doing what you say you want to do in some area of your life, I think this webinar would be really helpful for you. So mm. I'll put that in our show notes, like I said, so, and let our listeners know where the to website, sign up. SandyReynolds.com. And it's mm. my opening page is all the details of the, of awesome. the webinar. So I hope that, um, if that's going to be helpful for our listeners that they'll check it out. So, yeah, I think we all need, you know, that revisit and that's great timing too. You know, there might be some goals you want to achieve over the summer or even a longer one for the rest of the year because we're quite, oh my gosh, we're going, you know, we're like nearly halfway through the year. So yeah. I know yeah, it's scary. Cool. It's scary. Yeah. yeah. Don't like to think about it. Good. So I have a quote that I'm going to close with because I've been doing a lot of research around goals and in getting the content for this webinar together. And I found this quote and it said, it's from Anne Lamott. And I think it's from her book, Stitches. She says, order and discipline are important to meaning for me. Discipline I've learned leads to freedom and there is meaning in freedom. If you don't do ritual things in order, the paper doesn't read as well and you'll be thrown off the whole day. But when you can sit for a while at your table, reach for your coffee, look out the window at the sky or some branches, then back down at the paper or book, everything feels right for the moment, which is maybe all we have. Sounds great. Sign up for Sandy's webinar and we'll see you next time, Life Reframers. Hi, Life Reframers. Did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca.